Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle, and you're listening to the Spooky Hour. No boots and cats. It boots was. Cats. It's like uh, <laughs> the world's longest year, boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends. Look, we made it two weeks in a row. We did. We're not going to do it three weeks, though. I guess no. we'll just get that out of the way. We are. So, Sorry. Um, it's Holly's fault this time. We're not going to record next week on the 18th, which means there will be no episode on the 22nd. Um, because it's Danielle's Bachelorette, so it it's is. kind of Danielle's fault. It is. But no. How dare I? Um, I have like a trade show and then I have to pick up a bunch of stuff for her Bachelorette. And I was like looking at the calendar. I was like, yeah, no, we're not doing a podcast that week. No. <laughs> There's too much shit going on. So we'll see you guys probably the 29th. Um, sorry, I guess. We tried two weeks in a row. I mean, it's two weeks. So, and then, but also like, proud of us. be prepared for September to be also a shit show because... Oh, the wedding. We have my chem, I mean, first off. Hello. Oh, my chem. My chem. Well, that's, I and think we're okay for that because it's on the Monday. Yeah, and so it's we'd on record a on the Thursday. And it's on a holiday, so I don't oh have my to take God, off that's work. like, so I, I haven't like fully gotten excited for that yet because it's been pushed back so much. I can't just prepare yourself for up, disappointment because like if it cancels, then you aren't disappointed because it's already happened. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's kind of the vibe. So like it hasn't hit me yet. Uh, and then you said that, and I was like, that's like three weeks away. Yeah, it's so close. <sighs> Time for Holly to have another panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I had a panic attack and cried to Bad Romance at the Chromatica Ball last weekend. <laughs> it was the tequila's fault. I had tequila. It was a mess. Gaga's amazing. What more can I say? Um, but yeah, so no episode on the 22nd. What else? Uh, September's a mess because Danielle's getting married. And then literally, so I have two friends. I literally have two friends. And, and we wanted to friend fuck her is over. getting married. What's that? We wanted to fuck Holly over. Yeah. <laughs> my second friend is getting married 10 days after Danielle. <laughs> it's wild. It's fine. It's, it's, it's hectic and it's chaotic, but it's like my two best friends. I'm having a great time. And we're just going to get drunk all of September. That's pretty much what it yeah, is. Yeah. So September's going to be spotty um we'll let you know as we go i guess what yeah. we come up with just just prepare for a shitty september but, we'll, but then like it's october i know it's our time to shine guys it's like fall right now let's be serious i'm fully in fall mode like fully it's 100 percent converted my neighbor's point. tree is already turning orange their their tree always turns really 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 early but it gets me in the mood Ooh, today is the last sunset that's like later than 8 p.m for the rest of the year thank fucking god yep and it's like it's like a little cool out this evening. Yeah, it is. It's we went like on a, a little walk. crisp Ugh. out, if you will, some crisp fall air, if you will. Ex- have you ever seen that meme from? And it's the Two Face from the Dark Knight movie, and he's like extra crispy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every time someone oh, says crispy, that's what I think of. That's that's what I'm gonna think of when I think of fall now. <laughs> Just extra crispy. <laughs> but yeah so we're gonna be spotty please bear with us i mean you guys are great i don't think anybody's ever complained about us being absolute disasters for some reason yeah. you guys seem to like it <laughs> i don't i think everyone do we make you feel better about your lives is that what it I is i was gonna say everyone's probably just as chaotic as we are and that's why we all get along and it's all great and it's just fun i love it my favorite comment was uh something about like my house hasn't been cleaned since you guys stopped doing the podcast because like she listens to it while she cleans i guess that's so fucking funny that if i don't have music i'm not doing shit you know yeah no i'm not like even when i work if i'm not listening to music i'm not working (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. i've been watching supernatural while i work really my personal laptop yeah because i want to like finish the series fair but like it gets rough after season five like it's just yeah it was so like the first couple seasons were just like you can't beat it and then it's up to season five was like the perfect series and then i just was like wow this is wowzers but i'm determined to finish and i just really wanted to watch jensen ackles a lot so i mean i can't blame (laughs) you on that one because i also just want to 
permanently watched. I tried to watch The Boys because he's in it, but I didn't realize he wasn't until season three. So um, I've stopped three episodes in. I can't do it. Stuart is obsessed with that show, and I just I can't. Yeah, he's why I started watching. He he convinced me. So like, I get it. I get the concept of it, but I don't like a single character. Like, I don't care about anybody in the show. Therefore, I don't want to watch it. Yeah, it's just it's not my my cup of tea. Even the one that's supposed to be likable, I don't like the blonde girl. I don't like her. She's annoying. Her character's annoying. And also, like, someone's gonna murder me. Like, I like Seth Rogen as a person. And, like, I like his, like, weed company. But I don't like his movies. Wait, does he, like, direct? Yeah, it's his show. I had no idea. Yeah, I think the only thing I Maybe that's why I don't like it, because I don't super love him. Yeah, I don't... His laugh is just... (laughs) (laughs) It's like that stoner laugh. It's just like... Like He's I like, like dad. it's like if I say that I don't like his movies, people are like you hate Seth Rogen. No, I like Seth Rogen. I just don't like his movies. I don't think he's a good actor. Fight me. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like any of them. Uh, like Will Ferrell and like I find them all so annoying. Oh God, Will Ferrell is. I'm just gonna leave it at that. It's just not... yeah. I like Elf. You like Elf? Yeah, I was like <laughs> I like Elf. That's it. We both said that at the same time. <laughs> Get out of my head, bitch! <laughs> I can't even watch that one. I find him annoying in that. I don't have, I don't know. My sense of humor is too dark for their kind of humor, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Speaking of dark, should we, uh, should we get spooky? Yeah, definitely. It's I not. I think that's the order we're doing it in, right? Guys, it's kind of, it's like there's spooky, it's spooky, but like I leaned more on like history. So like, welcome to the history hour, guys. <laughs> we do that every so often. We turn do. it into the history hour. It's fun history podcast, though. I think it's fun. We do want. Yeah. That's, I think that should be like our, our, our brand logo type thing. It's our, our podcast like motto. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about the Kilbagan Distillery Company. Um, so apparently it's very haunted. Why did my mouse just move? That was nope. weird. That was weird. Anywho's, um, apparently it's a very haunted distillery located in River Bronza, which is in Kilbagan County, West Mouth, 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 Ireland. <laughs> i was gonna say it sounds scottish i should have guessed that it was ireland yeah i mean scotland's just as bad but yeah i mean i'm probably will i love scotland but like i'm irish so here we are yeah um so it's one of like the oldest legal licensed distilleries in ireland it's it began its business in 1757 wow yeah people wanted to get drunk since then and i don't blame them i absolutely don't blame them yeah the world has been awful since the dawn of time apparently um and it was founded by matthew macmus um in 1841 the distillery was located on oh i was like what market what the fuck are you talking about you know (laughs) it was listed like for sale on the market because there was like a fallout between two partners in the business his name their names were william code and william kufi who at the time were like the owners, so it kind of like switched owners. Um, in 1843, it was purchased by John Locke, and that's when business really started to pick up. Kilbagan Distillery was um, just like, it kind of just like started to like soar. It did like really well. And it said John was literally the best boss around, a boss you would never think to exist in this day and age. Um, he was well liked by um, by his staff as well as the community of Kilbagan. He provided cottages for rent or buy to his employees and gave them all coal at the start of the winter. Um, where companies today are like, you have to work fifteen hours a day, but you only get enough money to put gas in your car to get here. And that's and even it. that is iffy. That's yeah. like a that's a twenty dollar top up, maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, you got to work like fifteen jobs and get paid for like half of a job. Yeah. Um, I'd want to work for John give me a cottage um in 1866 there was a site accident which ruined a steam broiler or boiler um which apparently is like a big piece in making like alcohol and whiskey so like kilbegan is whiskey by the way i don't think i mentioned that oh it's whiskey i was i was assuming beer i like whiskey much more whiskey's way better it's actually really good whiskey too um john wasn't able to afford a new one at that time because he was like throwing free cottages and coal at his employees no i'm not actually i don't know if that's the reason why but (laughs) probably didn't help yeah (laughs) but the community loved him so much that they all pitched in and got him like a new one if this isn't the most fucking irish thing i've ever heard of though like if this was any other company like a mattress company they'd probably like half fuck you (laughs) but whiskey Okay, no, bro, that shit's getting fixed right now. That's so <laughs> we need cute. Whiskey. Yeah, isn't that so sweet? 
Do you think the Irish will help with all of my shortages at work? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck your labels. (laughs) So there is a letter that was issued to John by the people of Kilbagan. I'm not reading it here. You can Google it because it's long. But it basically just says, like, please take this boiler because you're awesome and we love you. So it got back up and running until 1878 when a fire broke out. Aw. Yeah. This, I can't win. This fucking fruit fly. I'm going to fight it. <laughs> <laughs> this fire. Oh, God. Guys, Holly snorted a fruit fly. Oh, my God. I was hoping you were just going to, like, glaze over that. No, we're not glazing <laughs> over that. Guys, she did a neti pot and a fruit fly came out. <laughs> fucking fruit fly so like my allergies have been really bad today because it's like goldenrod season i guess but like i i don't know how to describe it like i felt like there was something in my sinus and it was like i kept going to like blow it out nothing would happen so i was like i'm gonna do a neti pot um and then like i looked at my sink and like there was a little dead fruit fly within the 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 stuff that comes out of your nose and now she has baby fruit flies in her like brain. Uh, did y'all said that? Like, what if they laid eggs? And like, I'm I'm still itchy. Like, I want to rip my face <laughs> off. Uh, it's it's been rough. But we went to the lake on Tuesday, so that's how long it's been. It's been two fucking days that this thing has been in my face, apparently. But it was like gnat city. Like, I'm covered in mosquito bites. There was gnats everywhere. Yeah. The poor dog. I looked at the dog at one point, and they were like in his eyelids and shit. I had to oh stop my God. And bugs out of his eyelids which was great that's disgusting um, poor rupert yeah we, we said next time we're gonna bring the fucking thermosel with us <laughs> <laughs> that's so but i'm covered and i've gone the whole summer because we did get that thermosel thing yeah thermosel sponsor me um i have not had a single mosquito bite until tuesday night really and we sit outside all the time that's insane so it actually works i love this thing yeah it actually works i fucking i need one because of like the cedar trees by my house yeah. it's like mosquito it's like heavy. 40 bucks for the little one we have and i think it has like an 18 foot radius that it covers sponsor me thermosel um, do it <laughs> but yeah 10 out of 10 highly recommend um i thought i turned sorry i got a text message i'm like i swear i put my phone on do not disturb but it came on my computer because i'm an idiot <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so now holly has um she's gonna have a baby fruit fly soon it's oh. somewhere stuffed up in her nose if I die, it's because I ripped my face off because there's fruit flies in it. I literally hate my life. It's I probably like it's, if, she, if she dies because she ripped her face off because Danielle's an asshole. <laughs> That's exactly. <it. laughs> That's gonna go on your gravestone. And I feel like you're comfortable living with that. <laughs> totally. Totally. Like, yeah, that's my fault. That's yeah, fine. That's, that's okay. <laughs> good with it. We can still run the podcast. I have a Ouija board. It's all good. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so a fire broke out. Um, this fire was contained but managed to destroy a lot of the distillery, mostly at, like, the front of the, the building. Um, and, guys, fun fact about alcohol, it's flammable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the only reason this fire wasn't worse than it actually was is because the fucking townsfolk rolled in and helped remove all the whiskey barrels because they're like, save the fucking whiskey, guys. Oh, my God. I love the Irish. Right? Like, I need everyone on my street to be Irish because they're just so great instead i get stuck with meth heads that argue in the street <laughs> did i i don't know i, I tell you anyone. that that's like an ongoing saga at work now is the our meth yeah head like a couple of the girls that i like say with and stuff will ask for like weekly updates now <laughs> that is so fucking funny yeah guys my, my neighbors are like the crazy ones that were like drunk in my backyard and stuff the other week him and his girlfriend and his girlfriend's like just as much as of an issue um were screaming at each other and she was like standing in front of his truck like on the street and like he went like obviously he tried to like he like revved at her but he didn't like run her over and stuff and they started arguing he got out of the truck and tried to get in the truck and then he went let her so she jumped in the bed of the truck and then he took off it was insane and then the cops showed up and it was like (laughs) it literally looked like an episode of cops i sent that so we have it all on video because of our front door camera i sent it to so many people because i'm like guys Everyone what is happening so, like, what's going on so yeah so Stuart got it at work and then uh literally people were like circling around to talk about <laughs> it it's like the new office gossip right now i kind of love that and guys she was uh, the the funniest thing about the whole video is she was <laughs> like talking you can kind of hear her say like i only because so she's 
very much an alcoholic. I think he, he obviously is too. But she's like, I only have one drink. You can't leave me here. And he's like, go get a fucking job. And he, she's like, baby, I have a job with you. And he's like, you're fucking fired. <laughs> and then it, was, like it shouldn't have been funny but, but it, it was, was like funny. it was funny <laughs> guys these people have made my hell my life a living hell for the past year i'm allowed to laugh at it i thought they were leaving yeah he dumped cement down our sewer like oh. it's wild man they haven't it's been around event well. episode oh. eventisode eventisode we're like a dinosaur now it sounds like a dinosaur <laughs> Okay, back to the whiskey. So, townsfolk saved all the whiskey, thank God. Um, so, love the Irish. Ugh, love them. Over the years, the distilleries started to decline in sales, and there are many reasons for this, or like the prohibition, um, the wars, like the world wars, um, which caused like shipping issues, and then there was also the Irish War of Independence. Um, so, Kilbegan stopped production for seven years between 1924 and 1931, which obviously hurt them financially. During that time, John's two sons were like the main people involved in this business because, like, at this point, John like probably almost deceased <laughs> and he like so he's like 40 <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> so he passed it down to them um but this is crazy um so the two sons actually died so oh. i think they died seven years apart from each other like one was in like 1920 right before Sorry, it got shut down game. okay and then in one in 1927 um so uh so the business ended up getting handed down to john's granddaughters um so per- oh, i kind of like that yeah but unfortunately it went downhill um uh, but it wasn't their fault like they got they got like given like shitty yeah business pretty much at that point um so production started again in 1931 and they gained a bit of profit but in 1947 they decided to try and sell the distillery at the time it was really run down but they had like a ton of whiskey on the property um which was worth like a pretty penny itself but like yeah. the building itself was really run down because they didn't have the money to like fix it um so Jorge smith offered three hundred and five thousand pounds um he was apparently like a swiss investor or he convinced people of this um however oh, he convinced people yeah, of this he just wanted like the whiskey inside the building not the business because he wanted to try to sell the whiskey on the black market but he didn't tell anyone this found this out after um, so long story short, this guy and his partner were like sketch as fuck and ended up getting arrested because they bailed out on the money, um, during like the buy and police found out and found out that he was actually a dude named Maximo who was wanted by the Scotland Yard. Maximo. So, yeah. So he was <laughs> such a, what a name. Yeah. So he was actually like an imposter and he never had like the money to pay. Um, he was just trying to like get this whiskey to sell on the black market. So he was extradited to England, but then got away by jumping off the boat they placed him on. <laughs> yeah. Who is this guy? Wild. Maximo. Maximo. Um, that's, that's the movie I want to see. Yeah, right. Um, so this hit, like, the news pretty big because of, like, this guy was, like, also involved in multiple other business deals and stuff. But it was also big because um, there had, like, a big, like, political background with it. Like, some politician was, like, working with this guy, like, this imposter guy um but i didn't want to go too much into that um but because of all this news surrounding it it hurt selling the distillery like no one really wanted to be involved in it um so they weren't able to sell it so they're in 1952 still trying to sell it but then the irish government hiked duties and taxes on spirits and like liquor which is the same thing danielle um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was like 30% or something crazy. So all the sales oh, wow. across the board declined. Um, so it fucked them up hard. And in 1953, the production at the distillery stopped completely and shut down. In 1962, the building was purchased by Carl Heinz Moller or Mahler. Um, so he was like a German businessman. Uh, he sold off the whiskey and made a shit ton of money off of it. He also sold um, the property itself to a company called Power Screen which was like involved in like selling like volvo load shovels i have no idea what the fuck that is so don't ask me and i didn't look it up a car question mark i don't know um so but like this is again why i love ireland in 1982 the kilbegan preservation and development association was formed by the community they raised funds and purchased and restored the distillery it was reopened yeah <laughs> it gives her fucking whiskey, whiskey right <laughs> 
<laughs> it was reopened as a museum in 1987. The Cooley Distillery purchased the assets of Kilbegan Distillery and turned it in 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 wow and in turn Cooley relaunched whiskeys under the Kilbegan and Lock whiskey brands. So the cool the Cooley Distillery also took over the museum and started making whiskeys on that site again. So in 2010, it became a fully functional distillery, and the Kilbegan whiskey is being made on that site again. So they were able to like. Like, this distillery was around for, like, 200 years, and it got, like, completely shut wow. down, and the Cooley distillery was like, I got you guys. Ireland was like, no, you will not take our whiskey from us. Yeah, you took our potatoes, you're not taking our whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> was, is, it a, is it a brave heart where, like, they will not take our freedom? Yeah, you know? that's exactly it. <laughs> they will not take, take our, our whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess that's the history. So I guess we should talk about the spooky shit. Um, yeah. It's like, I feel like Mr. Beatty would be so proud of me. <laughs> that was our history teacher, guys. <laughs> we should send him the link to the podcast. If he would be like, fuck you guys. I hate you both. <laughs> um, I think I had Mr. Man for history. Really? I had Beatty. Yeah, I did. My sister's like, did you just say Mr. Man? <laughs> Please hold. We're having a Riley interlude. Oh my god, Riley. We'll leave that in. What'd Danielle won't edit that out. She's like, if anybody on the show is looking for a sugar baby, inquire with me. <laughs> At anybody that wants a sugar baby. <laughs> my little sister. We have somebody. We You have to pay me first though. No, we get we get interest charges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're Chris Jenner. We'll take ten percent, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, alrighty um what so, the fuck just happened i don't know poke bowls history kitty cats and sugar babies okay spooky now okay <laughs> so there's a figure in a black robe that is seen in the courtyard of the property and no one has any idea who the fuck this is um there are loud noises and footsteps being heard constantly and there's also um like whispering being heard like when it's like dead fucking silent um and this is still a working distillery so like they do tours and stuff like that and they have like the restaurant but a lot of this is heard by like like, the workers i don't think so i couldn't find Uh, one but like if they do like let me know because i need to go (laughs) (laughs) we're we're trying to gonna save up and try to go to ireland in the next couple years that'd be amazing you've been wanting to go for for literally as long as i've known you yeah the problem is if i go i'm never coming home yeah that's a big problem so (laughs) i mean it's it's a not a problem for you no. it's a problem for everybody else here no problem for me i just have to fly everyone out to live with me that's all yeah um so there was a medium who visited the site and reported that there are two spirits and they are matthias mcnass and who's like the original founder of the distillery and then his son john apparently um like the dad Mitt- matthias was pretty chill and like a happy ghost and according to the medium um is like content with the operations to this day so he's not like i hate this place they've changed everything yeah so the sun however is an angry spirit and isn't able to like really rest um and not in terms of like being angry where he's like violent he's just a grumpy person yeah um apparently he was executed in 1798 for breaking curfew what the fuck so like (laughs) i would be fucking pissed too for breaking curfew? You know how many times I would have been executed? Bro. Yeah. Um, Derek Accor, who is a medium um, as well, said there was multiple spirits on the property, including Florence, who was made a name was Locke. Um, she was the granddaughter who owned the property and, like, the oh. daughter of one of the brothers that died. So she's also been seen on site and stuff like that. And she's been seen. They think it's her, but there is a lady obviously in white, but it's more of like, um, it's not like a robe, but it's like flowy. It's kind of like, mm. I don't know how to a explain gown? it. Yeah. It's flowy. That's my, it's my <laughs> flowy. <laughs> I wish you guys could see what Janelle's doing right now. <laughs> I can't describe it, but that's all. It's like, it's like your typical spooky hauntings where you like, you can get like poked, but there's no, vi- like everyone's like, it's not like people that work there aren't like, I'm scared to work here. It's just like you hear yeah. stuff and like stuff that's, you just know you're not alone. Yeah. But it's not like angry. They're probably just happy that like their distillery got restored and like the community came together yeah. like for the four millionth time and saved their butts. They just think they're still working or something. The poor, the poor guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope they get to drink whiskey. 
in the afterlife i would hope so yeah be really shitty at afterlife without alcohol you gotta do that shit sober no thank you i can't even do life sober (laughs) like how am i gonna do afterlife sober (laughs) danielle problems but yeah that's that's the kilbagan distillery i was i wanted to look up like something i've never covered before and it randomly like popped up and was like a distillery that's haunted and i was like there has to be one in ireland Ireland? yeah has to be (laughs) i love it i I feel like you should just do like a haunted tour of ireland via the podcast and like in real life but like just take us through ireland you know maybe that would be your halloween thing (laughs) oh my god i should but you know what's the funniest thing is like there's a lot of things in like um like we have like like kingston penitentiary yeah i don't want to cover it because we've talked about this company before but the haunted walk they do ghost tours and stuff yeah throughout ontario and they're predominantly in kingston and they do a tour in kingston pen so i haven't want to cover it didn't want to cover it until we do the tour yeah and like there's like the black creek pioneer village and like yeah like then the ireland i'm like i want to do all of this stuff and it's like oh I think it's fun, though, doing cases that you don't necessarily know about. Like, we know yeah. most of what goes on at Kingston Penn. Yeah. We know about Black Creek Pioneer Village. So, like, I think it's kind of fun, like, like the, how I will never really cover. Like, I kind of did the Zodiac Killer, but mm-hmm. that was, like, my top ten list or whatever. But, like, I will never do, like, Ted Bundy or, like, uh, the Night Stalker because I know it. Yeah. You know? And I want to find stuff that I can learn about. Yeah. There's so much Netflix documentaries on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true if i see one more ted bundy fucking movie coming out i'm gonna shoot myself we should yeah same um we should though look into the tours after all the wedding chaos is done i'm so down because it'd be perfect for spooky season absolutely and they said to message them anytime we'll take them up on that yeah i don't know if you guys remember when we did the the haunt at home haunting at home yeah it's those people they're lovely they are lovely and they have like really good tours and they're honestly not that pricey you can bring your dog on the tours now some of them yeah i was just looking at that and Um, this is not like sponsored we just love them (laughs) we just like them yeah no and they've been around for like as long as i can remember they've been a thing Mm -hmm. um but yeah i've I've never done one of their tours i would Mm -hmm. love to i've done tours in other places but i've never done any here um so i guess we'll go on to murder and sad things now murder (laughs) Uh, so I'm doing, I know I just said that I will never do a well-known case, but like I'm doing a well-known case. Um, <laughs> so you just said that you were like within so, like four sentences of each other. He- hear me out though. I learned something new about this case that that's I didn't fair. already okay. know. I didn't know that it was an unsolved case. So that's oh. my, that's what I'm clinging to. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like I've referenced this on the podcast before. Um, it, we're, we're going to be talking about the Chicago Tylenol poisonings, um, I haven't heard about them. No, I feel okay. like I like I remember you saying something about. It. I've wow, probably I made references but. to it because it's like it was a huge case in the eighties, and it like, uh, like Criminal Minds. I think I talk about this. Criminal Minds has done episodes where it's like inspired by it and stuff, and there were copycat killers. There's a whole. It was big, so we're gonna get into it. Um, and uh, fun fact about Holly: for those who don't know, I'm a huge marketing nerd, and so we're gonna be talking about marketing in this episode. <laughs> oh my goodness guys (laughs) i yeah i really like this case for many many reasons um it's so fucking funny before we get into it because i want to start like a little side hustle um i've talked to you about it i don't want to mention it because i don't edit anymore but like you know about it but i was talking to like stew about it and i was just like i can't like do like instagram and stuff and i'm like I'm just going to pay Holly to do it all. You have to pay me. <laughs> I like yeah. doing... So I, I, I don't like doing my own Instagram anymore. Like, it feels weird. But I love planning content in general. Like, for work, I yeah. take part in, like, the TikTok team. Like we You're just to, so good at it, though. It's, I just love... I love themes. And I love, like, putting things together. And I love marketing. Yeah. So... Um, what I'm trying to say is I'm a giant loser. <laughs> no, I've met bigger losers and marketing is not a loser. You're just smart. So we're going to get into the case now. Um, on September 29th, 1982, 12-year-old Mary Kellerman was suffering from the common cold. She told her parents she didn't feel well, so they gave her Tylenol to combat some of her symptoms. Within a few hours, she had collapsed on the bathroom floor where her parents found her the next morning. She was taken to the hospital and pronounced dead upon arrival. 
around the same time, uh, in like a different suburb of Chicago, uh, a man named Adam Janis collapsed while he was working. He was a poster worker, so I think he was like out on his route. He was taken to the hospital, but unfortunately, he did not survive. His brother Stanley and his wife Teresa, so the sister-in-law, they were at the hospital with him when he passed, uh, and they were obviously overcome with grief. They went back to Adam's house where they found an open bottle of Tylenol on the counter. Uh, they both had headaches due to the stress of the whole day, so they each took a Tylenol, and the two collapsed within minutes, and they too died in hospital. That's I need fucking crazy. That actually gave me goosebumps. Like, mm-hmm. usually some murder case, like, when it's something like this, that wouldn't give me goosebumps. But, like, look it. I have, like, a full yeah. shiver. Well, this is one of those cases where it's, like, it could happen to anyone. Yeah. And that's what I think just... is uncomfortable about it. Like, it's not targeted. It's not, you know, you they're looking. You can't control it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's anxiety for you. Um, yeah. Back to that anxiety video I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> <Plane> so, <crash. laughs> police open an investigation into the suspicious deaths and... Um, it was not often that three members of the same family just dropped dead within hours of each other. So this was already a weird case for them during the initial conversations regarding the cases. Uh, a fireman was on scene and he overheard like the police talking and he remembered 12 year old Mary. So the first victim and he pieced together that so far all four victims had taken Tylenol the day they died. Wait, this um, is a fireman. Yeah. So well, he's he... doing more job, more work than the police officer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he was at um, he was at both scenes, and because uh, like they're usually the first to respond is fire for some reason. Um, they always are because they're actually trained to do everything. Yeah, and I mm. I, I don't want to say they're like the least busy, but like fires are less uh, common now. Yeah, than like yeah. you know a stabbing or a shooting in these areas. <laughs> so. Yeah, the fireman remembered 12-year-old Mary, pieced together they'd all taken Tylenol. It was specifically extra strength Tylenol, but I didn't want to say that every time because I have a lisp, so we're just going to say Tylenol. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Investigators, oh no, we're already at low battery. What the fuck? Sorry, I'm going to turn my brightness down. Um, Investigators collected bottles and pills uh, from the scenes of the murder or deaths. Um, and through testing, they discovered that the pills taken by the victims had approximately 65 milligrams of cyanide in them. Uh, they immediately contacted, uh, McNeil consumer products, which is the manufacturer. So Johnson and Johnson is like the parent company and McNeil is the manufacturer. Um, I'm going to say both of those company names. Uh, so they instructed them to uh, issue an immediate recall and pull the pills off of every shelf. Unfortunately, by the time they had done so, three more people had passed away from cyanide poisoning. Mary Reiner, Paula Prince, and Mary McFarland. Um, not that it matters, but I thought it was really weird that, like, four of the victims were named Mary. Um, oh, I didn't even, like, realize yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think that was ever, like, I noticed the pattern, but I don't think it ever came up in the case at all. Um Sorry, I scrolled too far. Surprise. Uh, So the death sparked a huge public outcry after they made the national news. People all across America were panicking, and some health departments banned Tylenol from entering their state entirely. Um, I read in one article that they literally had cops driving up and down the streets with megaphones being like, don't buy Tylenol. If you're buying Tylenol, throw it out. Yeah. Because it was like the 80s, right? What year was it? I was going to say, what year? Yeah, because you wouldn't have, like, the internet, right? Yeah, like, now it would just be, like, Toronto Police sending out a tweet, you know? Um, So, yeah. And uh, no one had, like, cell phones, right? You only had your house Exactly. So, some places literally had officers driving up and down the streets. Um, It completely tarnished the brand's reputation at the time. Like I said, I'm going to get into that in a bit because it's a miracle that they were able to recover from this. And you can still buy Tylenol to this day. Um, Which is crazy because I only take Tylenol. I uh, take like the 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 no name brand of everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had like because so when I was pregnant, I wasn't allowed to have Advil. Oh. Like, you're not allowed to have Advil because it's ibuprofen. I didn't know that. Yeah. So you just so stuck fact. with it. Yeah, and it just. And then I found out that you can give Advil to like there's Advil for children and infants, and I didn't know that. Yeah. So I gave like River Tylenol, and then I. F- now you're talking about the story, and now I'm like, well, fuck, man. <laughs> no, I'm gonna. It's gonna be better at the end. We're gonna fix that at the end. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, because it's tech. It wasn't the brand, right? What's that? I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so after the recall was issues uh, issued, sorry, investigators started testing every single bottle of, t- of Tylenol from like across the states. 
Uh, within a month, they had discovered that several more contaminated bottles were all found in the Chicago area. So the problem was isolated to the city and surrounding suburbs of Chicago. Nowhere else. Um, Interesting. According to investigators, the Tylenol killer would buy the bottles of Tylenol, take them home, fill the capsules with uh, cyanide, and the amount, the 65 milligrams, is 10,000 times the amount that would kill a person. Insane. So, uh, first of all, that's terrifying, like, how little cyanide you need to kill someone. Also, like, with cyanide, don't you, like, I thought you, like, foamed at the mouth. Yeah, it's, like, a gross one. Yeah. Um, I do believe it's, like, uh, so there's a case right now where a woman's been, like, slowly poisoning her husband. He survived, but he, like, caught her on camera doing it. And um, he's a doctor, and when he started feeling sick, he went to his doctor because he knew, like, something wasn't right. And they found, like, stomach ulcers and stuff and, like, mm-hmm. like burns and stuff and all sorts of, like, uh, esophagus conditions and stuff. So it's, like, one of – like, it tears away at your insides, for lack of a better term. Yeah. In small doses. But they just put 65 milligrams in a capsule and people ingested that. So it was, like, oh they God. had no fighting chance. Um, Absolutely. And then can you just remember, like, imagine what these people went through and then that 12-year-old? Yeah, the poor little girl. She just had a cold. Like, that was, she just had a cold. Um, So, yeah, he would, the the killer would take it home, fill it with the cyanide, and then return the bottles to the shelves. Um, So, I guess there was no record of, like, a refund or anything in any of the stores. It was just, like, done sort of without anything. Oh, like, he just put it back on the shelf? Okay. Yeah. So, I was going to say, how do you return it without, like, the seal? Or, like, was the ah! seal not a thing back then? <laughs> 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 we'll get there. Um, so, a suspect was named. His name is James W. Lewis. He actually got himself involved when he sent a letter to Johnson & Johnson, who's the parent company, demanding $1 million ransom in order to end the poisonings, which is hilarious because, like, $1 million doesn't really do much nowadays. It's like the Dr. <laughs> Evil moment. Yeah. I'll have $1 million. <laughs> Everyone starts laughing. Exactly. <laughs> um, on December 13th, 1982, FBI agents showed up at his home and arrested James. His wife, Leanne, turned herself in later that night, which, like, could not be me. Carl's going down on his why own. Did she, why did she turn herself in? Um, I'm guessing she was involved in um what so he ended up being charged i'm gonna get into that for like different like credit card frauds and stuff so i'm guessing she was involved in some of that Mm, um and she just turned herself in i couldn't be me i'd be running they'd never find me um not even that i'd be like i'm not going down without a fight yeah fuck that um that same day december 13th another letter showed up this time at the white house um so he escalated just a little bit here uh (laughs) The letter said that the writer was going to blow up the White House and, quote, create more Tylenol deaths. It also stated that if Ronald Reagan didn't change his tax-based policies, the writer would not follow through with his threats. So I guess he liked the policies the way they were or something. I don't know. He was basically like, don't change the law or I will kill people. Um, Yeah, that that works real well. It was confirmed through handwriting analysis that James did, in fact, write the letters, but he and his wife had an alibi for the actual crimes. They were visiting New York City, although according to (laughs) criminalminds.fandom.com, quote, though he reportedly traveled to the East Coast just as the poisonings began, and due to the nature uh, of the product tampering, there isn't enough to completely exonerate him. So, yes, I used a Criminal Minds blog for a quote, um, but apparently they... uh, Apparently, Criminal Minds references the the killings in a bunch of episodes, so they had this, like, whole, like, blog about it, so I just took, took that quote from there. Uh, but basically, what they're saying is uh, he still could have done it because they don't know when the cyanide was put in the pills, just when the victims had taken them. So the pills could have been on the shelf for, like, days or weeks or months. Yeah. They don't really know. And he went to New York, like, pretty much the day the first victim died. That doesn't, that wouldn't add up. Yeah. So not enough to exonerate him, but not yet enough to charge him. Um, So at the same time, maybe there's a third person. Who knows? Oh, we'll get into that too. Um, So he was not convicted of the Tylenol murders, but he was found guilty of extortion and mail and credit card fraud. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison, but only served 13 years and was released on parole in 1995. 
Um, there are a few other suspects named in the investigation, and I could definitely see why they were considered. Um, the first suspect, or I guess the second suspect, is Roger Arnold. He was a 48-year-old man living in the Chicago area. He was overheard saying some, quote, suspicious things about the Tylenol murders in a bar. Um, and someone called the police department to report what they had heard. I don't know exactly what it was that he was saying, but it was enough that someone called the police. Um, Investiga- investigators found several strange ties to the case. So Roger worked at a warehouse for a local convenience store line called Jewel Convenience. He worked with Mary Reiner's father, one of the other victims. Um, Mary purchased her bottle of Tylenol from a Jewel store located right across from a psychiatric hospital where Roger's wife was currently staying. Um, Adam Janice, another one of the victims, purchased his Tylenol from a Jewel store too, though it wasn't the same location. Interesting that they were both Jewel stores and this guy worked at the Jewel store warehouse. Um, That's so weird. Like, what is it? Very strange ties. I don't know if I think he did it, but um, we'll we'll keep going. Investigators found, like, how-to crime books in Arnold's home, which, like, who's writing that? (laughs) Who the fuck is writing that? Um, And there was evidence... Ted Bundy. Yeah, literally. There was evidence of what they called chemistry, so they found, like, beakers and powders and stuff in the kitchen. Um, The powders ended up being, like, sodium chloride or something, so not cyanide, but still, like, what are you doing? Um, Arnold refused to take a polygraph test, and there was never enough as evidence to prosecute him. Um, He did suffer what was called a nervous breakdown after being (laughs) accused of the murders. Um, So he thought that the bar owner at the pub turned him into the police and he wanted revenge. So he shot and killed the bar owner. Um, Only it turned out that it wasn't the bar owner and it was some poor random guy just minding his business. And this guy was just in like a blind rage and just like shot at him. Um, So Roger douche yeah so he was sentenced to 30 years in prison for the murder i believe he died behind bars um but never convicted of the tylenol murders um another suspect was Lori dan uh she was described as quote mentally ill and incredibly violent um honestly in my opinion there's no real tie to this case other than the fact that she is unwell and dangerous and lived in chicago with her husband in 1982 but that is literally the only tie i could find (sighs) that being said she is very suspicious in herself um six years after the poisonings Lori went on a killing spree in winnetica illinois um she entered an elementary school with a gun killing one boy and injuring five other students uh she committed suicide after taking a family hostage while looking into the shooting, police discovered that Lori had been researching ways to poison people, um, how to obtain arsenic, and other concerning things. She allegedly mailed poison snacks to people she didn't like, too. Um, so while she was definitely a criminal, she was, in the end, deemed not responsible for the Tylenol murders. Um, the third suspect is literally the fucking Unabomber, Ted K- Kaczynski. Um, so we're, we'll save his Who's story. Who's a Unabomber? For, uh, he is, was like a serial bomber in the like seventies, eighties. Oh. He was one of the like he was in that time of like the Ted Bundys and the the he literally just like mailed bombs to places and yeah. Um, oh, so he was one of the suspects. We'll save his story for another day. Yeah, I was um, gonna say <laughs> he didn't do it, but like Jesus Christ, he's not a good guy. Um, all of them ended up being cleared, but there's another person of interest who the police were never able to locate. Uh, in some grainy security footage of the pharmacy where victim Paula Prince bought her pills, a man could be seen watching her from the end of the aisle, like watching her take the, the pills off the shelf. Um, so it was the 80s and the quality was shit, but apparently the man in the video had a strong resemblance to our first suspect, James Lewis interesting honestly i think he did it and this i think so too there is one major red flag that i read about that like set off all sorts of alarm bells because i feel like i've said his name 10 times in this episode but ted bundy did did something like this too um so first of all he's sketchy as shit in general but i read while he was in prison for like the extortion that he was charged with he offered to show police how one would potentially get the cyanide into the pills for literally no reason like no one asked him to do it just wanted to. he just one day was like hey get me one of the investigators i want to show them how the person did this that's fucked up <laughs> who does that killers yeah ted bundy the did person something who did like it. that where he like i can't remember the exact story but it was like this is how the person would have done it or like he led them to the crime scene or something like that where he revisited what he did essentially yeah they kind um, of just glowed about it yeah so he just like was like hey look at this look what i figured out isn't that so weird 
Um, so that was my giant red flag. Like, I'm pretty sure this guy did it. Um, that being said, case is unsolved, so there is currently no culprit. But I do want to talk about the impact this case had on the pharmaceutical industry. This is my marketing nerd moment. Um, according to PBS, quote, before the 1982 crisis, Tylenol controlled more than 35% of the over-the-counter pain reliever market. Only a few weeks after the murders, that number plummeted to less than 8%, end quote. Holy. So they should have been completely fucked after this. Like, there, you cannot recover from that. But instead, they paved the way for a health and safety standard that quite literally saved lives. Um, like I said, there were copycat killers that eventually started popping up all the way through to the 90s. So yeah. Johnson & Johnson worked with the FDA to develop uh, new protection methods to ensure all over-the-counter drugs would be tamper-proof. These included things like foil seals and lot numbers that we see today and probably think nothing of. So these packaging protections soon became industry standard, and in 1989, the FBI established federal guidelines that stated all over-the-counter medicine producers must use these tamper-proof security features. So Um, smart. Johnson & Johnson also rolled back the pricing of their products, which was smart, and introduced a new type of pill called the caplet. So these are just like the plain coated tabs that you see nowadays. Um, They're much harder to tamper with than a traditional capsule so the capsules are the ones where it's like two pieces that come apart and you can like break it apart and yeah. you put the powder and stuff in it so they were like well shit obviously people opened it filled it with cyanide and closed it so how do we prevent that so they took the powder and then put um it's like a gelatin i think that yeah. makes that hard pla- Something plastic like that. the hard coating yeah. um and you can't tamper with it um so they not only foolproofed their uh packaging but they also worked on the product itself um so smart the new safety measures cost the company 100 million dollars uh which is a hell of a lot of money in general but when your company is facing a decline like that the risk is absolutely insane to be spending that like yeah it had to work for them uh within a year tylenol sales were right back up where they used to be and they once again controlled the -the over-the-counter market uh this case is actually studied in business schools because of how well they pulled off a recovery they didn't just slap a fake apology still buy our products here's a coupon they invested a hundred million dollars and changed the safety standard across the industry to ensure this never happens again which is why you can feel better about giving river his advil um in 1983 the u.s congress passed what was called the tylenol bill making it a federal offense to tamper with consumer products so it's if if this happens again then someone's a genius because they i feel like they they locked that shit down after that they definitely did. I was going to, because my first instinct was just like, well, what about the seals? Like, mm-hmm. you can't. They didn't have them at the time. Yeah. And so I didn't even think about that. that. Um, and there's been like a couple copycat killers. The one I remember is this lady. I can't remember her name, but she um, killed her husband by essentially doing that. She took his pills that he took and would open them and put stuff in it and close them and put it back in the bottle. And they caught That's her so instantly. Yeah. That is like just leave the person like what the (laughs) fuck like i'll never understand it i don't want money that bad you know no fuck that (laughs) man i got my own money but yeah i'm good so danielle got to have her history nerd moment i got to have my marketing nerd moment oh we're having having nerd moments i love it (laughs) after the last couple days okay guys i have to vent for a second like two seconds but like the other day i was having like a shit day at work and there's like multiple things going wrong and then i went out and we were looking at rings for stewart and in town you have to pay for parking because it's like a small is that town. where you went yeah and we went so oh. we parked in town and paid for parking and went to the store and they closed 30 minutes early and we're like okay i thought you were cl- just going to like a random like corner store no. oh that's even worse yeah and so we paid for parking so i was like let's go to mcdonald's and get a mcflurry to make me happy and we went to mcdonald's and their ice cream machine was broken <laughs> it was, like the worst day of my life <laughs> oh but yeah so danielle's been having a shit week guys it's been a fucking shit week but like that is crazy i like i knew about the tylenol now that you've like told me the story like remember it yeah but like that is and the fact that like the first guy had to do it he had i'm pretty sure it was him like it just if the fact that he was like hey look at this yeah it's like so like he's just i'm surprised though so he 
as far as I know, he had no ties to, like, the companies or anything. Like, my first thought would be, like, who in the production line is doing this? Yeah. But it wasn't. It was just, like, he would just go into the store, take it off the shelf, do a little switcheroo, and then put it back on the shelf. A fucking twat. Yeah. That's insane. That but, like, cool. good for Tylenol. For, and Johnson, I love that and story from, like, a marketing perspective. Not the, like, people mm-hmm. dying thing, because that's obviously not ever what I'm gloating about here, but... The the way that they recovered is like bananas to me. But the the way they recovered also protected the world. Exactly. They didn't and do that's... it and regardless of whether this was their intention, but they didn't do it with them in mind. They weren't like, How yeah. do we save our business? It was how do we stop this from happening again? Yeah. I guarantee you someone on their marketing team was like, How do we save the business? But <laughs> and... But like still <laughs> They did. They saved the business, but they also like saved lives so yeah good for them at similac and abbott at similac Ooh, yeah if anyone has a a baby that's on formula yeah i feel ya cheers fuck like i've got like so i have four sisters i don't know if i've ever said that out loud on the podcast and i literally have all four of them on formula watch and like there there isn't any i guess i should tell he's not on formula anymore oh oh yay we're officially on milk guys we're officially at all we're kind of like clearing up the last bit that we have but yeah that's so weird he's an adult he's an adult but like fuck but like a similac just like the like sorry our production is so delayed here's 20 dollar like coupon go fuck yourself like what this is my child's food and you're gonna give me a 20 dollar coupon like no yeah like go like they just don't give a fuck they don't care yeah so marketing guys it's important (laughs) very important (laughs) moral of the story <laughs> um speaking of marketing we're really bad at it come be our friends <laughs> yes we are our instagram is a spooky hour podcast the twitter is at spooky hour and the email is the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com if you have like spooky stories i kind of want to do another like episode like we did with everyone on the episode i had so like, much it was fun a lot of fun yeah give us your spooky stories we should probably do a, a spooky tales for october probably yeah. we should probably probably look into that maybe we should probably if you want to be yeah, in a halloween you... special now's your opportunity repeats yeah. are allowed although new people are preferred yeah it's not that we don't love you it's just we want everybody to play fair yeah yeah i think we have we have one one right now who couldn't make it last time yep so, so there's one we need yeah at least three more at least three more three two at two, least three, three. yeah or if you don't want to be on the episode and just want to email your story, that's totally cool, You too. could do that, and we'll just read it aloud for you. But, like, we're yeah. fun to hang out with. Everybody comment. If you were on that episode, tell everybody how much fun you had. Yeah. Do it. Do our marketing for <laughs> <Or> us. Else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to bed. We are. <laughs> I'm tired. Stay spooky, friends. Okay, bye. Stay spooky. Bye.